broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio after a day away. We're at the OYO, the underground lounge inside the OYO Hotel and Casino. We do it every single Monday night for Monday Night Football, and I thought that Monday Night Football game was going to be a good one between the Colts and the Steelers. Okay, I've been wrong. (laughs) I've been wrong before. That was kind of something that left me scratching my head, but I do appreciate everyone who came out, hung out, and picked up some prizes. And again, we do it every single Monday night at the OYO Hotel and Casino, the underground lounge, and of course on Fridays, We'll be back out at Buffalo Wild Wings. I'll give you that location a little bit later on in the week. But glad to be back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. It's been a very busy day today over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, myself, JT The Brick, and Lincoln Kennedy, we recorded the Raiders Roundtable as we do each and every Tuesday morning. And it is live right now. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go and check it out on YouTube right now. I never do. I'll tell you, check it out at 5 o'clock as soon as this show is over. And, of course, you can hear the audio version of the podcast, the Raiders Roundtable, coming up right after Unnecessary Roughness as well. I was able to talk to uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi today as well. So... It's been one of those days, very busy. It's also been very busy for my man, Damon Cotton, who's been behind the wheels of steel, uh, holding it down during the JT The Brick Show, and of course, the next three hours here on Unnecessary Roughness. So we got a lot to get to on today's show. Very excited about it. Of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. We have some really good guests coming up as well. Matter of fact, we're going to kick off the opening drive in about eh, about nine minutes. Uh, Dr. David Dow, pro football doc, uh, he's going to join the show. We're just going to have him on for a couple minutes. Just wanted to get his thoughts on Josh Jacobs and the calf injury, as there's been multiple reports that came out today saying that basically he's not going to practice at all this week and just really kind of nurse that calf and uh, get some treatment. And look, there's no shock when that happens when it's November late November, right? When you're going into week 13, there's not a whole lot of practice that's going on. There's a whole lot of taking care of the body that's going on. So I want to ask him about, you know, what he's seeing from Josh Jacobs and the calf injury and also Darren Waller, right? After this, uh, after this game coming up against the Chargers, both Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro are both eligible to return from the IR. Not saying that they're going to, but they're eligible. So just wanted to get his thoughts on uh, the hamstring injury that is uh, obviously sidelined Darren Waller uh, from the majority of the season. So uh, coming up in a few minutes, Dr. David Chow, pro football doc, will join us to talk about Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. Then at 2.30, Brad Spielberger, pro football focus. He'll join us and really break down what he saw from the Raiders in their victory over the Seahawks in overtime and also the last couple weeks. As the Raiders have put together back-to-back victories for the first time this season, just wanted to ask him about what he's seeing from Josh Jacobs as far as the pro football focus grades go. What he's seeing from the offensive line, right? I mean, again, talked about it in great detail on Monday's show, but you don't go for 229-plus yards. You don't get 303 yards from scrimmage without the offensive line putting in work. And I think for the first time all season long, the offensive line did not rotate. The five guys that started were the five guys that finished. And there was, there was no rotation as far as the offensive line goes. And uh, Thayer Mumford, who's uh, basically acting as a, a glorified tight end, he's a sixth offensive lineman. Uh, he's the, the, the eligible tackle that's out there at, at times. He's, uh, he's available to get some burn as well. But, uh, you know, I thought it was a, a good thing for the Raiders to have an offensive line that was uh, the, st- the same consistent offensive line throughout the course 
of the game on Sunday. So uh, we'll just kind of pro football focus it up at 2.30 with Brad Spielberger. Then at 3 o'clock, John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610. We'll go all over the NFL with him, including Deshaun Watson and his return to the NFL. He's going to make his debut this week in Houston against the Texans. And, Damon, I don't know if you saw this, but the attorney for some of the plaintiffs uh, in the in the in the civil case against Deshaun Watson, like ten of them are going to be in attendance of the game. Yeah, I, I ask you why. I saw a little. I saw a bit of the statement that Busby put out, and for some of the women, it's they don't want to be forgotten because on at first glance, is is this Busby trying to get like a little publicity, you know, a little media stunt? But if those women, if they feel feel like that, hey, it's going to make a statement for them to be there. So that they are not forgotten, so that this isn't just something that's swept under the rug. Good for them. Will it though? Will it really make a statement? They're sitting in a suite. They're not sitting out. They're not out front of NRG Stadium and saying, "Hey, don't forget about us." Hey, this is some. You know what I mean? And you might be right. You might be hundred percent right. And that's why I will ask John about it. But to me, it feels more like Tony Busby is putting on a show. That's what it feels like to me. And that's just me. I could be wrong. But when they also come out, you can't tell someone else how to go through their grief or no, you're how right. to feel their pain. You're right. So you could so on the surface, it could be the silliest thing to people on the outside world. But if it gives them the an ounce of satisfaction, go for it. No, I'm not like it just it, again, it's not gonna be something I lose sleep over. It just seems a little odd to me. Right. It just seems a little bit odd. But again, hey, who knows what it's going to be? Maybe it's something that they need to do to, to make themselves feel better. And if that's the case, great. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I just, again, knowing the history of that attorney, it feels like more of a, hey, look at me moment than it does look at them moment. But again, and John McClain has a way better understanding and way more history with Tony Busby and understands him a lot better. But uh, if I remember correctly, he's a very much a, hey, look at me type guy, right? And so I just, when I saw that, that's the initial thought I got. But I could be, like I said, I could be 100% wrong. And if I am, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? So be it. No problem. If it, if it you know helps move on uh, from whatever happened and the, the trauma that happened in their life, and I know that that's not easy, um, that's why it kind of blows my mind that they're going to be there, right? Because most of the time when you have trauma like that, you don't really want to be around that person. But I know they're going to be in a suite, so they're not going to be necessarily right up around that person. But, you know, it just, I don't know, just feels kind of weird. Just But then again, again. I know Tony Busby and his history, and that's why it also feels a little bit weird because he's one of those guys, like I said, look at me now, uh, like the Chris Brown song back in the day, right? Look at me now, <laughs> like my old barbershop back in Texas. Uh, coming up at 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network, uh, Pro Bowl line, uh, right tackle. He, uh, he'll join the show as well as he does every Tuesday and Thursday, and he had a hell of a weekend. I'll tell you this. I mean, Thanksgiving, uh, his Washington Huskies won over the weekend. The Raiders won over the weekend. Uh, Oregon lost. I mean, he's he's... He's sitting pretty right now, so I know Lincoln Kennedy uh, should be in a very good mood when we talk to him at 4 o'clock, and we'll talk about the back-to-back victories for the Silver and Black. So that's the guest lineup that we have for you coming up in just a few minutes to get the opening drive started. We got Dr. David Chow, then we have Brad Spielberger right after him at 2.30, John McClain at 3, and Lincoln Kennedy will close things down at 4 o'clock. We'll also hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, and uh, they had their media session a little earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We got a few sound bites from both of those guys that we'll bring to the table on today's show. And of course, as I mentioned, Raider Nation, we definitely want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Before we get into the opening drive, I did want to throw out there a question that you could think about while we're talking to Dr. David Chow. And, and Demond, I'll even start with you as we have a couple minutes before we got to get him. If you could create 
This is going to have a little fun today. Why not, right? The Raiders have won two games in a row. Why not have a little bit of fun? If you could create your Christmas wish list for the Raiders and what they need, what would it be? And before you answer, the one catch to this is you can only give me one suggestion. So if you're getting one thing, if I could say, hey, Damon, you put something on the Christmas wish list for the Raiders, but it can only be one thing. Not two. I don't want to hear, you know, I'm like LeBron. Not one, not two, not three, <laughs> not four. You know what I mean? Just one. It's, it's like it's like Freddie and Fitzsimmons when they do one thought. That's all I'm giving you. It's just one. Okay, but this one suggestion, it does not mean just one player. Hey, look, it's one suggestion. Okay. I'm then, not even saying it has to be a player. I was just, okay, well, there we go. I just wanted to make, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> but it one, has to be one. I don't want a laundry list of okay, things. I, yeah, if you call and you, want, and you say one more thing, I'll cut you <laughs> off. I'm telling you right now. DeMond will do it won't. too. <laughs> but, you know, just have that fear. I'll say, okay, so my thing will be, my one thing on the Christmas list, a dominant offensive line. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I know that some people are like, oh, the defense is the biggest problem. But I do think that with this offense, with the weapons around D.C., we see if you give them the time, that that's the difference. A dominant offensive line right. would be the difference between this being a top five offense and just a middle of the pack offense, what it is now, that you see in spurts can be great. Okay, that's fair. So, DeMond, you're, you're granting the, the Raiders one thing. You're giving them one dominant line. That's a good way to that's a good play on words too. I like that. So it's not just one player. Like you said, you know, you asked the question, you asked the the rules before you jumped into it. So you're giving them one dominant offensive line. That's what you're putting down there on the Christmas wish list for the silver and black. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's good stuff. Well, Raider Nation, think about it. It's 69187, keyword R&R. Of course, that's our text line. And when we don't have a guest, you can always call in and let us know at 702-365-9200. I'm gonna go with a dominant defensive tackle. Um, I, I, I struggled with this question because I wanted to go in a couple different directions, and they were both uh, – actually, there was about three different directions, but they were all on the defensive side. One was a defensive tackle, and two others I'm not going to mention because I said I could only give one. <laughs> but uh, let me just say, in my mind, Raider Nation, trust – I had three, but I, I definitely would. I think that the Raiders have been missing a defensive tackle, that big time defensive tackle, for so long that that's where I'm going to go. If I can, if I could put one thing on the wish list, it's going to be an old, like I said before, man. Many times I've said an old Chester McLaughlin, an old Daryl Russell, old Grady Jackson, one of those type cats, right? One of those big dominant dudes. We even talked about uh, dominant defensive tackles on Monday show, and we were talking about what Seattle had on the other side of the ball for them. I just like like to see one of those big dudes, one of those big nasty dudes in the middle of that Raiders defensive line. You see what happens when you get some interior push. You saw what Andrew Billings was able to do. You saw what Bilal Nichols was able to do. You saw what Jerry Tillery, even though he's uh, very new to the team, he was able to do as well. So Raider Nation, again, think about it. You can create your Christmas wish list for the Raiders, what they need. Just give me one. I only get one suggestion. You only get one suggestion. Hit us up and let us know, 69187, keyword r Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And here with us kicking off uh, the opening drive is Dr. David Chow, Pro Football Doc, at Pro Football Doc on Twitter. And uh, Dr. Chow, we definitely appreciate you as always. My man, wanted to have you on real quick just to talk about a couple of the Raiders that are dealing with some injuries. And we'll start with Josh Jacobs. He had the big performance on Sunday against the Seahawks going over 300 yards and is dealing with the calf strain. So the reports have come out that he's going to probably not practice all week and just really get rest and also some treatment uh, from a distance. I know you haven't examined him, 
but what are your thoughts on the calf strain that Josh Jacobs is dealing with? Well, you know, I appreciate you having me on, but I don't know if I'm the one to ask because I wrongly doubted Josh Jacobs, right? I mean, <laughs> when you pop up with a calf injury on Friday and are questionable and game-time decision, calf injuries aren't going to heal from Friday to Sunday. Right. And they're notorious to aggravate and linger. So I was quite surprised that not only did he play, he had a game of a lifetime. So he certainly made me look bad there from afar, right? He he bucked the odds in being able to do so, and kudos to him. But apparently he re-aggravated in-game, but still ran 86 yards for that overtime touchdown. So, uh, you know, we, on our on my Pro Football Doc podcast, we give a beast of the week. Uh, I'd say uh, Josh Jacobs is a beast of the week to, to do that. But now you might have to pay the piper, right? No practice all week. And, you know, do you think this calf is going to get better by Sunday? No, I hate to doubt him, right? right. <laughs> I doubted him once and, and he came through. But medically, when you strain your calf, it lingers. It doesn't heal that quickly. And for in a position that he plays where he needs to be explosive and cut, I would have my doubts, but I hesitate to doubt him. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are you going to do? He, he sort of bucked the trend. I did not see how bad the injury was on Friday in practice, but typically that's a sign of someone who's not going to make it through. Yet, not only did he make it through, now of course he aggravated it again, but 300 yards, I mean, heck, even a buck 50 everyone would take, right? Right, exactly. I mean, that, that was a heck of a performance by Josh Jacobs, and the Raiders needed every one of those 303 yards. So let me ask you this. When they talk about treatment and rest, what kind of treatment do you think that they can actually do throughout the course of the week to help him out? Well, there's also sorts of uh, training room treatment, uh, ice, stim, medication. I mean, you could consider platelet-rich plasma, but that actually would have him shut down. So hmm. I don't know. Talking right now with Dr. David Chow, pro football doc here on uh, Radio Nation Radio 920. And I say roughness, DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Doc, I got a question. I know you're the pro football doc on Twitter, but I want to take you back to 2019 with Kevin Durant. It was reported, hey, he has a calf injury, and then he ended up tearing the Achilles. Is there any correlation between a calf strain and, and if you stress it too much, it can be an Achilles rupture? Uh, I actually think so. And uh, if you go back in my 2019 Twitter for you, obviously the Raiders were in Oakland at the time and a lot of attention. I never believed Durant was a calf. I said where he grabbed, where it was, I thought it was a, a partial Achilles in some way. And so uh, a calf muscle strain should, believe it or not, be more protective for an Achilles tear. Here's why. The Achilles tears because of the sudden what we call eccentric contraction to tear the Achilles as you're changing directions. And if your calf is strained, I don't know that it can contract that quickly. So I would not worry about Achilles for Josh Jacobs, but I certainly would worry about how effective he can be. He certainly made himself some money on Sunday, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he definitely did. Everybody in Raider Nation has been saying, pay the man. But when it comes to the calf strain, what are the levels of a calf strain? Because you see always a grade one strain, but what are the levels and the severity can a calf strain actually be? Well, we're pretty complicated as orthopedists. Grade one, two, three. You know, uh, mild, moderate, severe, right? Uh, Severe is macroscopic tearing. Moderate is... MRI tearing in grade one mild is more just edema and MRI or ultrasound without any frank tearing of fibers. So hopefully he's grade one 
uh, we'll see. I mean, by performance, it should have been grade zero. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see. No doubt. Again, we're talking with Dr. David Chow here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on the Sarah Roughness. Also wanted to ask you real quick about Darren Waller. He's been uh, injured with the hamstring pretty much since uh, training camp, and he's on IR right now. He's got to be out at least one more week before he's even eligible to come back. But hamstrings, Doc, are, are, are tricky, right? I mean, I don't really even know how you diagnose what severity it is or what, but it's, it's sidelined Darren for quite a while. Is it just a matter of resting and, and trying to uh, let it heal on its own? Well, there are imaging, you know, MRI, you can see it. Even on ultrasound, you can see it. This one doesn't make sense to me. And, boy, you guys are, are there. Maybe you could tell me. This one absolutely makes no sense. But I always said when something doesn't make sense from the outside, and we're on the outside looking in, it usually does from the inside. We just don't know what it is, Right. Training camp played some guys' contract played some and then was out and then late add to IR. It doesn't all add up as a straight line, straightforward situation. I don't want to speculate. I think we all see that it doesn't add up completely. But you know, um, there's usually an explanation, and I think it ultimately will come out. But right now, we'll just have to see. Wait the additional week, see if his practice window opens up. And hopefully he can help uh, the Raiders towards the end of the season because you all are still in it. Yeah, no doubt. And similar to what I asked about Josh Jacobs about what you could really do to treat it, what can Darren Waller, what could the training staff really be doing to help treat the hamstring? Well, there's all sorts of things that you can do to treat it. I would hope since he went on IR, he you know perhaps got some platelet rich plasma and other things and treatment and modalities and rehab. And, and it sounds like. He needs to be on a prevention program uh, now and going into next season because this kind of is so far a lost season because of this. And uh, he's too talented to have that happen again. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It really is. And so uh, him and Hunter Renfro are going to be uh, available to return off IR uh, if they so choose to bring him off IR following uh, this upcoming week against the Chargers. So, uh, Doc, thanks so much for your time. Just wanted to get a little bit of insight on Jacobs and Waller. Uh, what do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for, some of your podcast work and some other work that you're doing? We got lots of stuff coming out. I get and I got two it's a week with your guy, Rich Gannon, every Monday and Friday. Nice. Uh, you can see on Twitter and other things. But go to sportsinterycentralsicscore.com. We'll have trending players, the latest on Josh Jacobs, uh, Darren Waller, and we also have six scores, not only of uh, Sports Injury Central scores, not only the health of, let's say, Renfro or Waller or Josh Jacobs, but uh, the health of the defense the Raiders face that week, et cetera. Nice. And I think that's pretty helpful for fantasy DFS and you know the legal, legal wagering that happens in Nevada. Uh, that you can look at some things. I mean, we've been pretty good at, at picking some of them. I mean, I will admit we were nervous to say get on Carolina, but Carolina Panthers had a huge health advantage over the Denver Broncos, and he sure would be nervous to say take Carolina, but they won pretty easily over the Broncos, and that was largely due to injuries. Right, absolutely. Well, good stuff, Doc. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, we'll definitely pay attention to the work you're doing with Rich Gannon. Keep it up, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. All right, we'll do. No doubt about it. Dr. David Chow right there, pro football doc. Uh, some really good stuff, especially early on with Josh Jacobs and the and the calf injury and his phone started to get a little squirrely there. And uh, unfortunately, because it sounded like he had some really good stuff as well, it was kind of going in and out a little bit. Uh, like I said, a little unfortunate. Uh, we had a few more questions that I'd like to ask him, but I just didn't want to force it when, you know, like I said, I was having a few uh, few issues trying to hear everything 
that he was able to say. But I do think we got some good stuff, especially when it came to Josh Jacobs, and he was completely wrong. That was one of the things. He was like, I basically, he didn't think that Josh was even going to play on Sunday, which gives him even more credit to what he was able to do to go out there and put up 303 yards from scrimmage. 219 is the time. When we come back, we'll get to a couple of your texts and a couple of your calls. If you can create a Christmas wish list for the Raiders, what they need, what would it be? But the only catch is you can only give me one suggestion. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Dr. David Chow, Pro Football Doc. Join us in the last segment. Join us in the opening drive to get things kicked off. Talked a little Josh Jacobs' calf injury, Darren Wallace' hamstring injury. Had a couple more questions for him, but his phone started to mess up a little bit. Coming up in a few minutes, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. Coming up at 2.30, as a matter of fact, he'll join us. Give out some grades on the silver and black, what they've been able to do the last two weeks. They picked up victories, but I want to hear from you on the text line and the phone lines at 702-365-9200 in the spirit of my favorite holiday since I'm such a Christmas cheery guy and everything is always about the holidays and how much I love them and all the lights and trees that I put up. I don't. (laughs) Instead of me having to worry about that, we're trying to hook you up. And what I mean by that is we're asking the question, if you can create your Christmas wish list for the Raiders and what they need, what would it be? The one catch is you can only give me one suggestion. And DeMond said I was being a little stingy. But look, we got to spread the love around, man. If you take up all the gifts, then you ain't leaving nothing for anyone else. DeMond, he he got as greedy as he could under the circumstances of the question. And he said a dominant offensive line. One dominant offensive line. Cool. That's cool. He he got me. He got me on a, you know, he got me on a technicality. I said, as I'm not being greedy, a dominant defensive tackle. That's what I would love to see. The Raiders go out and invest at some point in a dominant defensive tackle. Just when Wendy sent us a text at 69187, keyword R&R, Q and DeMond, I wish for our slot machine back healthy and break a defensive back ankles. Waller, too, but Renfro's more important for two reasons. Distracting defenses from Tay and running backs, and second, because he's so good at those slants and under routes. We need a few number 13 touchdowns. Just win Wendy. You see, she tried to sneak Waller in there as like a second, a second uh, little gift or wish, but then she was like, nah, but, but Renfro's more important. So she tried to get a little greedy, but I don't know. I agree. Uh, Ren- Renfro uh, is is a big big addition, uh, and he'll be eligible to come off the IR, similar to Darren Waller, uh, after this week against the Chargers. So we'll see what happens if one of those guys come off, if both those guys come off, if any of those guys come off. Because just because they're eligible doesn't mean that they will. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy Jared in Vegas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's going on, Q? Man, I love this deodorant that the nation has been wearing these last couple of weeks. It smells great. You know what? My, I, I'm thinking long and hard about this. Okay. And my, my love for Josh, JJ, that is, um, it brings me to this answer, and it is cap relief going forward because we're going to need some. So it would be retention by retraction. I think everybody knows who's contract needs to get well he could do us a favor and just sail off into the sunset but i would say cap relief okay no that's a good hey that's a great answer jared thank you for a cap relief i like that I like that, and that could obviously uh, impact Josh Jacobs moving forward. That could impact uh, maybe going out and getting a, a dominant defensive tackle moving forward. I mean, that could impact a lot of the team, that uh, cap relief. I like that. That is the way to think outside of the box. Jared, great answer, man. If you were uh, if we were on that show, what's the show? The top three answers, Family Feud. Top few answers on the board. That one's probably the best one, Jared. I like that. Uh, let's talk to our guy, uh, Mike, in Arizona. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, thanks, man. 
Hey, mine is a little different. I, I want to see our culture solidified, and there's only one way to do that. Okay. We win out. Whether it's the next six games or the next ten games, we don't lose the rest of the season. We win out. That's all I care about. That's all I want. Okay. Okay. A long winning streak. <laughs> That's what you want. A long winning streak, regardless if it's, like you said, six more or ten more. You want that winning streak. So, okay. I'm all right with that. That's that's a that, – again – that's uh thinking outside the box, and and I wasn't I wasn't thinking like that. Just like I wasn't thinking like Jared in Vegas where he said cap relief. I wasn't thinking about that. Those are some really good answers, and that's why we go to you, Raider Nation seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Let's talk to Raider Mac real quick. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, guys? What's up, man? Hey, um, Q, uh, my, you know, my wish is for uh, get rid of Terry Von Merrick. Just kidding. I don't think you're kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I know you. (laughs) (laughs) You funny, man. You funny. (laughs) Hey, no, my my biggest thing is is the secondary. Uh, We need a shutdown corner. That's Mm -hmm. what I. My wish would be for a shutdown corner. Mm -hmm. That's my. That's my. Just one corner. One wish. Shutdown corner. That's it. Hey. Quick question regarding um, uh, Darren Waller. Okay. I keep hearing all these people talking about trade. Let me let me say something, Q. I, you know, I've been a Raider fan as long as you have, and probably a little longer. You know, but and a, a lot of the Raider Nation people want to get. I, I see here and there people talking about trade Darren Waller. You know, the problem is we never. Our, our, we got talent. Let's keep the talent. We cannot keep. Throwing, what's the why do we why do you sign him if, if you're gonna get rid of him? We need to keep him. We need to keep all the talent we got on offense and build around build on the defense. Now yep. that's the, that's what we need to do. We we this talk about getting rid of Darren Waller and and this guy and this guy. We cannot get rid of talent. Once talent goes out the door, it never comes. It never, it takes a while for it to come back. And that's that's my thing for today. Just keep the talent that we have and build around it. We got to. Solid nucleus. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> I told you. I gave you the rules. <laughs> DeMond, DeMond with the hook right there. We'll th- thank you, Raider Mac, for the call. We do appreciate you. We do have our next guest up on the phone lines right now. That's Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. He's joining us now. And Brad, thanks so much for your time. We do appreciate you. The Raiders currently are on a two-game winning streak. And Josh Jacobs, obviously, he had the heroic performance on Sunday going for 303 scrimmage yards. Uh, what did you see from him as far as the Pro Football Focus side of things and just the kind of grade that he had uh, on Sunday? Yeah, he's having an incredible season. I think he might be the biggest benefactor of a team not picking up his fifth-year option. He's our highest grade running back in the entire season. 93.4 rushing grade is wow. up there with the best rushing seasons you know, across the board. So he's been phenomenal, forcing a ton of missed tackles, which obviously you know he can control more than maybe the offensive line is creating huge holes. So he's winning in every way imaginable, and that game was, was incredible. Right, exactly. And, you know, when he runs the ball and he runs it hard like he did on Sunday, it's like, okay, that's great. But also what I saw him do as far as a receiver and some of the routes that he was running and a little bit of a hesitation slant that he ran and the way he was able to pick up the yards, I was really impressed by that. And he went over like 70-plus yards in receiving. What did you see from him as a receiver? Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like he was used a lot as a receiver in college, you know, Mm kind of had a split back situation. He was more – the third down, you know, pass catching guy, and they've gone away from it a little bit. But you can throw him in the slot. He can run 
legitimate routes. You mentioned the Texas route, I think it was. Yeah. I'm um, over the middle where he broke out. He can do that. Uh, it's part of his arsenal. I think they're using it more with Hunter Renfro out. They've realized they need that short yardage guy. He, he can do that for you, and maybe he, get, he should get even more touches, as crazy as that sounds. If you have 303 scrimmage yards, I don't care who you are, your offensive line is putting in work. And the offensive line has been a question for the Raiders all season long. Uh, how did they grade out? I know Bars was the highest offensive lineman graded out for the Raiders, but just in general, the, fir- the, the front five guys, how did they grade out? They did well. Colton Miller has continued his great, great season. He's got an 81 grade on the year. Uh, or excuse me, 81 grade for this past week. And Dylan Parham had a really good game as well. I think you're seeing him stack some quality performances. You know, of course, the young guard had a 75 grade in this game as a pass protector. They are. They, they've been maligned. I had low expectations for them. There have been some moments. They've obviously had to shuffle things around at right tackle a little bit. But they've been pretty solid, you know, all across the board. Talking right now with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So I know you do some some work with OverTheCap.com as well. Just curious, when you look at Josh Jacobs and what a potential contract extension might look like, what are you seeing or what are you projecting? Yeah, so here's the thing is that I think this might be the best free agent class at running back that I can remember. I mean, Jacobs, of course, at the top of that list, but Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, uh, I mean, David Montgomery, uh, Miles Sanders in Philadelphia. Those are just some of the big marquee names. And so I wonder if, if it's such a buyer's market, does that maybe suppress the contract down a little bit? I think he'll join potentially that 12 to $13 million per year range. Guys like Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, you know, Aaron Jones, kind of in that category. He could be su- surpassed that a little bit. Uh, but, he, I mean, he's been phenomenal this season. No, he really has. And, you know, we were talking about uh, him in a potential contract yesterday in great detail. And even throughout the uh, the potential of the franchise tag, I know they declined the fifth-year option, but maybe they didn't know he was going to have a season like this. Do you think that the franchise tag is something that could be in play? I think it's a risk more teams should take, too, because now, as of a couple years ago, that fifth-year option used to be only guaranteed for injury. And so if you wanted to cut the player, provided they were healthy, of course, you could cut them with no penalty. And now it's a fully guaranteed option the day you exercise. So you can't get out of it no matter what. And so I think smart teams, look, yes, you could have paid less and maybe fans will give you a hard time. Like, oh, you wasted a couple million dollars. You didn't know you, you were a believer. Now you certainly do know. I think it's a smart you know, risk to take for some clubs. Hey, we'll pay, pay a couple more million dollars, but we know what we have in this player. Buy ourselves some more time. I wouldn't hold against them. They said, hey, you know what? We made a mistake. Hand up, hand raised, but let's, let's keep this guy on board as long as we can. Yeah, I've said that multiple times. Like, a good plan is the one that can be changed and that you can admit that, hey, you know what, that wasn't the, 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 the right move. But let me ask you this about the contract and a possible contract extension. Now that the, you know, the fifth-year option has been declined, is there a chance where they could, restruct, or they could structure a contract extension where they throw a lot of signing bonus and you know, a lot of different bonuses where the base salary is a lot lower than what it would be if it was like the fifth-year option was in place? I think that is where you're going to start to see more and more. And look, he's a young player. He's still only going to be like 25 this offseason. Mm-hmm. But I mentioned Eric jo- Aaron Jones before with the Green Bay Packers. His new deal, he first he got, or he almost got franchise tag. We thought he was going to get franchise tag, and he didn't. And they basically gave him a two year contract where it was you know, largely in bonuses. And this upcoming season now, the, the salaries kind of spike in his third year of that deal. I think you can see a similar scenario here. Given the payday he deserves, given that upfront cash flow. But in reality, what you know, no matter how long the deal actually is, make it a two or three year contract, you know, in reality. 
Brad Spielberger is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Rough. This is my man Demond's got one for you. Something that I've seen on Twitter in the Raiders' two-game win streak is after the PFF grades get released and Max Crosby is not in the top, people say, where's Max Crosby? We all know that the Condor is dominant. We have, well, these guys don't know football. <laughs> Can you explain to the Raider Nation out there where Max Crosby ranks in the PFF grades? And maybe when he does have a sack or two or he has good stats, maybe why it doesn't show up in the PFF grading. Yeah, so he does have a 75 pass rush grade over the last two weeks, which, look, you know, it's not even up to his lofty standards he's now held himself to. But I think you go look to last year. He had 100 quarterback pressures for us, led the entire NFL, but only had, I want to say, 10 and a half sacks. And so we are going to grade that higher on a snap-to-snap basis. He's winning pass rushes. He's beating the guy opposite him, you know, one-on-one, and then getting after the quarterback. I think this year, look, Taylor Jones has not been good. You know, it's been a tough signing for them, but we're seeing more attention kind of shifted away. Crosby is getting some of that benefit of some unblocked pressures. He had two unblocked pressures these past two weeks, so basically, you know, the offensive line did not account for him, or we call cleanup pressures where, let's say the quarterback gets chased into his lap by somebody else. You're still going to get a positive grade for that, but it's not going to be as beneficial as him, you know, just swim moving or, or bull rushing a, a tackle into the quarterback, that you're going to get the higher grade for. And maybe we've seen a little bit less of that than in years past. And also, does his snap count, would that also attribute to that? Because you got some guys where they go out to pass rush, but they're not playing just about every down the way that Max Crosby is. 100%. No, there's, there's certain guys, kind of these, these mercenary-type players. I think Jerry Hughes and Houston's a good example the last couple of years. We're kind of seeing with Brandon Graham in Philadelphia this season. Yeah, or they, they only play 35 snaps a game, and they're coming in on, you know, second and third and long. They're pinning their ears back, and they just know that their only responsibility is to just get after the quarterback. That is not Max Crosby. He's an every-down player. He is a good run defender and a pass rusher. And, yeah, it, it could bring you down a bit. But that's where, you know, our wins above replacement metric, which is taking all the value and building it into a single number, he's as good as it gets. He is a top-five wins above replacement edge rusher for us this season. Talking right now with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Wanted to ask you about the interior of the defensive line. Uh, Cleve Furl, Jerry Tillery, Bilal Nichols, and Andrew Billings all had an impact. Really, Andrew Billings, I thought, set the tone for the whole game for the Raiders' defense early on. Uh, what did you think about the interior of the Raiders' defensive line? What were they able to do? Yeah, no, they've been great. Billings has an 80 grade over the last two weeks, had an 82 grade in this past game. And Bilal Nichols, same thing, had an 84 grade this past week, has an 80 over the last two weeks. He's a great player. That I'm a Chicago guy, so I watched him as a young Bears player where you can move him around. They played him at nose tackle. They played him at three tech. They even put him opposite of tackles as a five technique on the edge sometimes. You know, he doesn't do anything special. He's a little bit undersized, mm-hmm. but he's a tenacious football player that always wants to make an impact and often does. And I think he's gotten better as the season's gone on. You know, going from that Bears defense to Patrick Graham's defense was a big change. It's a very different system, and I think you're seeing him get comfortable over the last couple weeks now. You know, it's funny. I mentioned the defense on yesterday's show, and I said I'm, they're not. You know, they're not lights out defense. They're not doing everything they're supposed to do. But it looked like they were starting to get a little bit more comfortable, and even though their assignments, is that what you're seeing when you watch the film? Yeah, so you go from one of the most unique defensive coordinators in the entire NFL in Gus Bradley. He runs more cover one and cover three than any other team in the NFL by I mean, a ridiculous margin. He's a very specific scheme, obviously made infamous in Seattle and is now, you know, San Francisco, a lot of teams run it. But he takes it to a true extreme. Then you bring in Patrick Graham, who wants to play more man coverage, wants to disguise coverage on the back end, so sometimes too high safety, sometimes just single high, usually with Mayrig back there making plays. And it is. It, it takes a lot 
and up on the defensive line as well. I, I mean, they're they're stunting more. They're doing different things up front that require you know more knowledge of the playbook, and but also just getting comfortable with reps and timing with your other you know partners in your position group. And I agree. I think we're finally starting to see some of that come together now. Brad, just got a couple more questions for you on the defense. And Trayvon Merrick, you brought him up, and he's a guy that I, I was a big fan of coming out of TCU. His rookie year, I thought he did really well, and it seems like he regressed a little bit. Again, learning this new scheme, he had a hip injury. Are you starting to see him improve? And it looked like on Sunday he played a lot better. Yes, no question about it. And I think that's a perfect example. Where I mean, he really has a very different job this year than years past. And also, I mean, like the coverage unit at cornerback, injuries, you know, guys like Ned Hobbs, but also just has not been very good this season, you know, across the board. That's going to impact the safety's play, right? We don't know what he's being asked or if he has to just cover over the top of a weak link in the coverage unit. But, yes, I think he's a really, really good player. He's going to continue to be a really good player. And he graded out well this past week and has done better in the second half of the season than the first almost every week. When it comes to some players that have just recently been released, Terrell Basham got released from the Cowboys. Do you think that he could be a good fit? Maybe not for the Raiders, Raider Nation, calm down, but, you know, getting some good edge rushers, you know, couldn't hurt any team. Do you see him getting claimed by a team and getting picked up? I really do. It's rare we see the late season claim. Usually they go, you know, through waivers and someone signs them, but only owed about $600,000 for the rest of the year. And, and frankly, I think he could be a team's number four, let's say, edge rusher, but the Cowboys just had so much depth maybe the deepest edge rush group in the entire NFL, frankly. So I do. I think he'd be a smart addition. He's good against the run and can generate the occasional pass rush. An underrated player that just kind of fell too far down a really good depth chart. Want to ask you one, uh, one more question about a defensive player. That's linebacker Denzel Perriman. He had an interception on Sunday. He led the team in tackles, I believe, with nine and a couple of tackles for losses. What did you see from uh, DP on Sunday? I mean, he just always seems to play like his head's cut off, right? He just yes. brings incredible energy, um, is always flying around the field. He's played some good football. He had a 91 grade against Denver, uh, his best grade of the season. And I think on, just in run defense. I mean, the guy is going to rack up tackles because he just he can do a very good job. And the off-ball linebackers in today's NFL, as he's gone to lighter guys, is they can't push through blocks and, and, and use their hands to get off of blocks. He's still great in that area, and I think it's providing a ton of value when you're trying to stop the run with these light box counts. I mean, the defensive line is not playing great in front of you. He has the play strength to get through that, and I think we've seen that the last month. There you go. It's Brad Spielberger right there, Pro Football Focus, on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. You got anything coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, so we just dropped our top 25 free agents. So, hey, the Raiders season's not over yet, but, you know, if Mm -hmm. you want to look ahead to the offseason and and some of those free agents you want to circle as potential targets, we're pumping all that out at PFF.com. Who is your favorite, I don't want to say favorite as far as your favorite player, but who do you think is the the best free agent that's going to be available uh, in 2023? I think Javon Hargrave with the Philadelphia Eagles could make it through, right? You're always looking at it, you're trying to say, who's going to get franchise tags, who's Mm going to get extended, They've invested so much up front. They still could bring him back, but I think he could break through. Over the last two seasons, he's second in pressure rate and second in pass rush win rate among interior defenders behind only the great Aaron Donald. That's how good he's been the last two seasons. There you go, and that's a great tease on why everyone needs to go and check out the piece on the top 25 free agents coming up. Brad, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving and continue to do well the rest of the year. Thank you. You too. Appreciate you. There he goes. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. That was a hell of a tease right there.
Guess who? Guess what list I'm on? <laughs> guess what list I'm about to go get on? <laughs> I tell you right now, I'm gonna do some good reading tonight. I'm gonna check that out. But uh, Brad Spielberger does a great job over there. At Pro Football Focus. Again, you can find him on Twitter at pff underscore Brad. And with us here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty two forty three is the time. We'll come back close out hour number one. We want to hear from you, Raider Nation. It's your time to shine. 702-365-9200-69187, Keyword R and R. If you can create your Christmas wish list for the Raiders, what they need, what would it be? And the only catch. You can only give me one suggestion. I've got a bunch of tweets and a bunch of great texts rolling through. We want to hear from you. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We've been asking the question here today, and it's obviously a really good one. Got tons of feedback. Text line 69187, keyword r Phone line is 702-365-9200. We'll get to the calls in just a second. You can create your Christmas wish list for the Raiders, what they need. What would it be? Only catch is you can only give me one suggestion. Can't give me a bunch. I had three in my head. I said a dominant defensive tackle. And then we had a call uh, from Raider Mac about a lockdown, shutdown corner. That was one of them that was in my head. So I could say it afterwards. Like, yep, that was one of mine too. So that's two. There's one more that's in my head that I was thinking. But I'm not going to say it because, like I said, I only you can only give me one suggestion. Raider92 on Twitter said, Q, my biggest thing on the Raider wish list for me is hitting on our draft picks more consistently from here on out. No more reaching for certain players or trying to outsmart other organizations. Leave the outsmarting for game day. I like that one. Jonathan Abram, by the way, former first-round pick of the Silver and Black, picked up the other day by the Packers off waivers. He's back on waivers. They have waived him today. They signed uh, someone off the practice squad, and uh, Jonathan Abram is now on the outside looking in. And I don't root for anyone to lose their job, but it just lets you know how hard it is to stick around in the in the NFL because, man, there's always someone younger and cheaper coming up right behind you. Also, the Raiders signed cornerback Tyler Hall to the active roster and placed cornerback Anthony Averett on IR. He hurt his toe in Sunday's game against Seattle and looks like he's going to be out probably for the rest of the season, but he's going to miss at least four games. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Juan the Smasher, you're up first. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's going on? Man, I'm chilling. I know that's right. <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, uh, I just want to give a shout-out to my man, Josh Jacobs. Man, this guy was on the power eye and ran through the defender's face for the 85 to the house, baby. To, to, to answer your question, Q, just give me Josh Jacobs. I'm cool with that. I'm not even tripping. Who we get? A lot of us, we get Josh Jacobs. And this guy, this guy's a leader of men, and he's the leader of the world pack. And this, and this Sunday, he's going to do the same thing LT to do to us. Now we're going to do it to them. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Raiders. There he goes. Juan the Smasher right there. Sounds like you were uh, cheering on that game a lot on Sunday. May have lost your voice a little bit, but I ain't mad at you. Thanks for chiming in, man. And he said, just give me Josh Jacobs. I'll take whatever else comes with it. I just need Josh Jacobs. I'm not mad at that. That's a great suggestion. Let's go out to the yay area. Let's talk to Lester. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Lester? Yeah, what's up, Q? Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, real quick about the game, man. I'm glad this, this football team, these guys aren't quitting and playing full 60 minutes, if not more, with the OT wins. You know, there's some, there was some questionable play calling here and there by, by Josh McDaniels, but, you know, he went up the middle because that was working a lot during the game with Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs. So, you know, I mean, the Josh Jacobs, I don't, I don't see him going anywhere. I, I think, like we were talking about before, either they're going to give him an extension or he, they're going to transition him or franchise tag him. I don't see him going anywhere next year. He's going to be staying a Raider. Uh, my Christmas wish list, I agree. I need an Aaron, Aaron Donald type of defensive tackle. 
I need. I mean, we already got the edge with Max Crosby. I need a, a defensive tackle that's going to disrupt things consistently on this football team and make that defensive line better. All right, Q. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for the call, my man. Great stuff. And and yeah, man. I I my my gut feeling tells me Josh Jacobs isn't going anywhere, but my gut feeling also tells me he's going to try to uh, secure the bag, especially after getting that fifth year option declined. And I don't blame him. I don't blame any player in the league for trying to get their money because as we know. You could be one play away. You just never know how long the career is going to go. So, you know, I, I, I wish my wish list is, is, like you said, Josh Jacobs to stick around in the silver and black. No doubt about it. Uh, and my gut feeling tells me he will. I just don't know what it looks like. So we'll see uh, as it all comes up. Mr. Black, you're up next. Calling from the islands. What's on your mind, brother? All right on. Uh, aloha, Q. Aloha. Uh, I'm an old timer. And uh, for the last 20 years, 20 plus years, what we need is three good linebackers, man. We need mm. some linebackers that can hammer. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Some some real deal linebackers. Yeah, that's that's man. I I, I feel like, and this is no disrespect to Denzel Perryman. This is no disrespect to Jayon Brown or anyone else in that linebacker room. Luke Masterson, who was on the show last week, I just feel like that that position has been ignored. Uh, for so long, and I don't really, I mean, ignore it, I guess is probably the harsh word for it, but it hasn't been a priority. You know, like even Denzel Perriman, they went out and got him after injury, right? And, and thank goodness that they did. That was a great pickup. You know, I, I like what Luke Masterson brings to the table. I like what Darian Butler brings to the table. Jayon Brown's been banged up quite a bit, but I like, I like what he did in Tennessee. I thought that he had a good opportunity to be a good cover linebacker, but it just hasn't really materialized. They need... Three real deal dudes in that linebacker room. You're right. I mean, just some big time linebackers. It's been a long time since they had a dominant player in that position where he's just consistently dominant sideline to sideline. I agree with you 100%. I would love to see that. Uh, I mean, we can all, when you can go back and think about the ones that were the last dominant ones, you realize that there hasn't been enough, right? I mean, it's just that simple. Fargo Raider, give us something good, man. What's up? Hey, Q and DeMond, thank you for taking my call. Last caller kind of took my thunder because I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Last time you had a question of uh, well, what the Raiders overall really, really needed, not a wish list, but what we needed, and that's what I said. We need a sideline, the sideline backer who puts fear in the hearts of anybody coming over the middle. When you watch a game nowadays, I challenge you, watch every any game that you watch. The center of that field is always open, like you say, mm-hmm. some old-school TV antennas, and it's so infuriating to see. No matter what they call Defensive-wise, there's always that big-ass open space in the center, and it, it drives me up a damn wall. So I want true sideline-to-sideline side backer, a guy who can wear the green dot, smash somebody's face in, and do the interview after with a smile, and, and the nation love him. We need a Max Crosby in the linebacker room. That's what I'm saying. And one more thing, thank you for taking my car. You have a good one. Hey, appreciate you, Fargo. Yeah, you need a, you need a, uh, you need a Roquan Smith. <laughs> right, that's the, that's the most recent guy I could think of is Roquan Smith. And look, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he becomes a free agent next year. I don't think it's going to happen, but I mean, it, it, it's a possibility that it could happen. I think that Baltimore is going to re-sign him uh, to a big-time contract because why wouldn't you, especially after you make a trade for him and you know what kind of player he is. 
But there could be a chance that maybe he's available. And the one thing you don't want to do, and I know Dave Ziegler has said this multiple times. Matter of fact, he was on a really good podcast with Mike Silver, and I'm not a big Mike Silver guy, but he has this uh, show called The Open Mic, and he had about an hour interview with Dave Ziegler. We have some sound bites from it that we'll bring up uh, probably on tomorrow's show. We'll have we'll have a little bit of time to bring the sound bites to the table, but. Uh, that was one of the things that he emphasized, and I know that that's 100% true. You don't want to fill out your roster just with free agent cats. You really don't. If you do that, that means that you've drafted poorly, and that also means that the other free agents that you sign haven't played very well, right? If you're just consistently dishing out money after money after money after money, contract after contract, trying to fill out your roster, that means that you have not drafted well. And we know over the past staff that was here that – there was more misses than hits, unfortunately. And so that's why the depth is not there like it should be right now. One quick text. We'll take a break. Uh, what up, Q and DeMond? Lil J and KC. I want a top 10 scoring defense the next five years. Raiders. That's from Lil J and KC. 255 is the time. We'll come back. Talk to John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.